Blog Talk Radio. Hi and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Chris Anderson explains how Muso's trusted technology platform is enabling hundreds of major content owners to grow their relationship with online audiences in three stages, protecting content through anti-privacy, piracy that is, measuring global real-time demand, and driving online traffic back towards licensed websites. And Carol, filmmakers should find this technology very beneficial. Yes, you're right, Claire. And Chris, we really appreciate your joining us today. And let's get started and tell us how Muzo's access to the current situation of online piracy uh, and within this creative industry uh, and how people uh, and companies are affected by this. Oh, yeah, and um, thank, thank you for having me today as well. So I think, I think looking at piracy as an overall picture is, is quite difficult. We really need to break it down into a number of steps on why the audience, why the consumer tries to get content this way or feels like they can, what the industry can do to then try and change that behavior, and then also trying to reconnect with that audience. I think as an industry, film and and television have a history of looking at piracy as a way, uh, or at least they've sort of vindicated that audience and there's been a lot of finger-pointing, trying to sue and block people's internet connections. I think really now people are starting to come around to the idea that actually that's not the right way of doing things and we should be looking at piracy from an industry viewpoint as an opportunity because of that vast audience that is getting content. You can win them back, or at least a portion of those people. And if it's 1% of millions and millions of people that you you can win back, and, and it's more than that, then, then there's a real opportunity there for the industry. It's exciting. So basically, well, all right, let's uh, take a look at, there's three ways that you help people, so let's take a look at um, at the first one. What, how do you find content that's been stolen? Do, you, do the customers come to you and say, we think there's somebody that's taken our product, or how does it work? Sometimes they do, and, and, that, and, that's, and that's great if someone is, trying their hardest and and people are often looking for content and and people want to be aware of their film leaking online so they'll often set up google alerts and and will look themselves our solution that we've built is a proprietary platform it's a proprietary piece of technology it searches nine billion piracy related web pages working on a, a enormous algorithm that's been put has been put together in-house, um, but essentially looks at it from a, a consumer's point of view. When a when a consumer tries to get a film, they will go into Google and they will type in the film title and then afterwards the words free download, online stream, BitTorrent, something along those lines. And 
it will then come up with a huge number of search results. You can click on the top link. Chances are you click play and the film will be playing in perfect high definition on your machine. It's a very easy, convenient way of getting content. So our system searches all these pages. It finds where the content is. It will alert the rights holder or the, the filmmaker to there being pirated copies online, and, and we can then set about removing them. So we work in the first stage of protection. So finding that content, trying to trawl the internet, finding as many illegal copies as you can, and then set about taking that content down. So in other words, but with your system, you could find more links, or you would be more apt to find all of the places that so it is there. illegally hosted than the person, than the filmmaker could find. Is that what you're saying? Sorry, I think I dropped out a little bit there. Could you repeat the question? Yes. Um, your system would find, would it find things that the filmmaker would not be able to find if they were searching online? System, yeah, it, it, it finds, it, it works on a number of stages. We look at something uh, from a, a downloader's perspective, like I said, and I'll, I'll probably try and reiterate this point a lot, and, and forgive me for repeating myself, but the from a consumer's perspective, it's important that piracy is a convenient thing. So, yes, it's cost-driven, and, yet, and yes, in a large number of cases, it will be, um, hey, look, I can get the film for free here, and it will cost me X number of dollars here. But also, from a convenience perspective, it, it's often easier to get a film illegally than it is legally. So we, we find the first stage is generally a search engine. Google's obviously the market leader, leader, so we will find links within Google that will direct people to illegal copies of the films, and then we'll remove them from Google. So even if someone searched for whatever film they're looking for, and then the words free download, the links that appear in their Google search results will be links to legal legal sources or the IMDb page, iTunes, whatever it is that the content holder wants at the top of Google, because that immediately makes looking for the film illegally more inconvenient. We then find torrents and cyberlocker files, streams, copies on user-generated sites like YouTube, and we'll just remove those because by making piracy as a source of content and, and a negative user experience, you will, you will shepherd your audience back to where you want them to be. If, if someone truly wants the content and they can't find it illegally, then they will have to go and, and reconnect legally. Exactly. And we have some sources now in America that will upload content for features and docs and charts. Very, and it, well, they do it for free and take only a 10% commission on all that's played. So, yes, the filmmaker needs that income. And, uh, all right, well, then, so you, this first part is that you find it, and you're saying that you could find more than the filmmaker could find. Uh, with your search engines, yeah, very much so. I mean, I mean, it, it's great when a filmmaker has Google Alerts set up, but websites will also 
Um, they put up spoof files. They put up websites that there's no actual content there. They're just trying to get email addresses or credit card details. They're called phishing and scam sites. So Google Alerts is a good way of starting, but our monitoring tool is free to use. You can just put in the film title, and our system will then search for it and alert you when there are definite, actual, illegal copies available. So not spoofs, nothing that's going to be, nothing that says there's content there and there isn't, actual copies that can be downloaded. So it will speed that process up. You don't have to use Google Alerts, which can be a bit clunky and annoying, and also it will alert you to genuine content. But also it searches 9 billion pages, and, and I don't think a human could ever do that in a lifetime, let alone in a day. Right. Okay. So, um, you so people can go to your website. Tell us what the link is where to get the 14-day free trial. Yeah. So www.muso.com, which is M for mother, USO.com. There is a, an option there, and you can put in a few details that we need: name and email address, etc. Just to make sure that you are the rights holder. Then pop in the film title and the year it's released. Press go, and the system will start searching straight away for, for any illegal copies of that film, be it on YouTube, be it files, be it Google links, and, and it will report to you daily until there are files found. Okay. So let's say that I've, I've tried that, and it's coming back, and there are three or four files out there, places that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Where my film is, how? Uh, what do I do next? Would I then contact you and and uh, get a quote for the cost to take it down? Yeah, look, there are there are a number of ways of looking at it. I think um, you can take a hold of this yourself. Our system, we can provide it to you as a, just a piece of software that you use personally. It takes a few minutes each day to log in and verify things, or you can just say, "This is my film." I want you to protect it from piracy for the next however many months. And, and we just report to you at the end of each week the number of illegal copies that have been found, the number of illegal copies that have been removed, but then more importantly, the size of the audience that is being disrupted and the size of the, the number of people that were trying to consume that content. I think it's really important that people are aware of the size of the opportunity that that, that is there within piracy. There's a there's a very, very large audience. Millions, hundreds of millions of people are watching films illegally. And, and it's a real shame that that is happening. And, and without something like us, it will just continue to happen because it's so easy. All right. Well, now tell us how uh, the filmmaker can benefit from the, the audience that have been enjoying the illegal copies, how do they get those to their website and collect their names and email addresses and start to build their own audience with it? There are a number of ways. I mean, <coughs> primarily in that first instance of, of protecting, I mean, we, we tend to, to brand things in three ways as protection, which would be finding and removing of the files, changing, so changing the mentality of the people that doing that and changing the availability of the content and then and then connecting and reconnecting with the, with a lost audience because the audience already exists because they're actively searching for this content they're just searching for it through illegal channels so they're there and we know that people want to watch these films it's just about prevent if you if you can stop them from 
finding films or, or even just make it harder for them to find films illegally, then, then you can start to gain a bit more control over your audience. Back in the, the good old days, so to speak, if you asked someone had they seen this film and they said yes, you would be guaranteed that they had seen it in the theatre. And then it yes. would get a DVD or a VHS release, and they would, if they wanted to watch it, they'd have to watch it there. Now if you ask someone, they could have watched it on a stream, they could have watched it on Popcorn Time, they could have watched it on a BitTorrent that they've downloaded. It's endless, and, and suddenly that control over the audience that the film industry used to have has vanished. So by removing those files and taking those down, you get a little more control over that audience. And the people that genuinely want to watch your films will have to do so legally. So already you'll start to see the audience, your sales grow, which obviously helps keep the value in the content, which is really important. What it might also do is change the mentality the next time that person goes to look for a film. Instead of searching for the film title and free download, they may think, you know what, the last time I looked for a film this way, it was just really annoying. It took ages. I didn't find it. But yet I found it on this VOD platform very, very quickly. And they just go there instead. So you can hopefully start to change the mentality of people for the next time. They might understand that although piracy is rife, it's, it's not as convenient as it once was. No, that's good. Well, what can people do in the beginning to uh, protect their content from being made available online? I think I think using our system pre-release is also important because, and and it's not charged at this point. So you can you can enter your film into our system and it will monitor the the titles online. And if it just monitors and runs around the internet and gathers no files, then great, the film's not being pirated. It hasn't leaked pre-release, and and by doing that you're aware of where the film is. And if it does leak online, at least you're the first person to know about it. You can jump on that straight away and try and prevent a real huge leak and, and you know, dozens of files and tens of thousands of views online. You can, you can really try and, and limit that damage as quickly as possible because you know about it instantly because our system will flash and it will show you and will say, look, your film's appeared online, you have to get on this very quickly and get these illegal copies down. Otherwise, your audience is going to just watch it online, and, and if it releases next week, that audience that would have watched it next week legally will have diminished because you can already see it illegally. And that's a real shame when that happens, and it, and it, does, it does happen often. Okay, so um, when they find their product online and they're not working with Muso, they can ask you uh, to to work with them in two different ways. One, they can either uh, have you take it down mm-hmm. for them, or um, and they can pay you so much a month for you to protect them to make sure yeah. no one else takes it on, or they Correct. can work on it themselves. Well, tell us how um, what the procedure is for taking down this content from, uh, from your side. So what you tend to see is, is for, from a filmmaker's perspective, if they found an illegal copy of their film online, they could write to that website. Most of the sites will have um, a DMCA section, 
DMCA being the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. And you can write them a letter saying, this, this content is mine, what you're doing is, is infringing on my copyright, you need to remove it. And, and a large portion of the sites will respond to that. It's just a little slow and, and it's obviously quite high workload. And, and, and then if you have to do that to 500 sites, then suddenly it's going to take all of your time up. <laughs> Our system right. automates that process. So not only will it find the content, but it will automatically send the website what they need. So different websites will have different requirements, and, and our system will say, I know that website, this is what they need to make sure that it comes down as quickly as is physically possible. And then in the half the cases, well, I say half, it's about 40% of the cases, the websites know us, they know what we're doing, they know that we're not messing around and just taking everything down, and they will remove things instantly. So we have like special access, and, and we will remove the files immediately. So there's no need for a letter to be written. It's difficult, because it sounds like we have a working relationship with these pirate sites, and we most certainly don't. But they, they, they know that what we're doing is correct and, and in order, and, and, and they will give us access to their sites so that we can remove things straight away. Right, so you develop some sort of a business relationship where they know you're serious and you're going to take it down. In other words, they know the jig is up, we've been caught, let's and let Muzo take it down. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah, almost. I mean, I think if you look at it from their perspective, then in, in lots of cases there will physically be someone sat there receiving these requests, checking the file to make sure it is copyright infringing and then removing it. When we're sending millions of these every week, it's probably just in their, it's to their benefit to just say, you know what, you, you can have access and take it down because we haven't got the time or the manpower to sift through all of your takedown requests. We take down hundreds of millions of illegal copies a year. So it's it's a huge number. And and I think it's just, um, yeah, the working relationship or a business relationship is the wrong term, but they know us, they know, that, they know what we're doing and, and they respond very, very quickly. Well, that's great. That's the way it should be. Well, tell us, uh, can you uh, give us a brief overview of the branches of the majority of your clients in the in these industries, film, music, iPad, downloads, etc.? Yeah, so we work across all, all of the creative industries, so music and film and television, live sports um, and live, live shows, uh, publishing, software, mobile apps, anything that unfortunately you can buy online or, or listen to or watch online is probably going to be pirated. Um, so within those industries, it differs from one to the other who will step up and take responsibility. And within film and uh, the film industry specifically, I'm still not entirely sure that, that one portion of the industry has said, we will take this and we will deal with this and, and get this done. So I deal with independent documentary makers, film producers, sales agents, distributors, VOD platforms. It, unfortunately, someone needs to take responsibility and, and it tends to just be whoever whoever says, I'm going to do this for this film that uh, that we will work with. So we obviously don't pick and choose our clients and we work with like I said, anyone from, from a one-man band up to a, a, a major, major film network. Um, but 
there, there is, it's not an argument, but there is often sales agents say distributors should deal with it, distributors say sales agents should deal with it, kind of bounces backwards and forwards, whereas it's just important that someone does. Right. Okay. Well, can you give us some instances where Muzo software protected filmmakers and how your clients benefited? Yeah, I can. I mean, like I said, we, we, we work with hundreds of films every single day. So, but, but one, a couple of examples that really stand out in my mind, because it was a small independent film producer who I met at EFM in Berlin in February, and we were chatting about his films, and they were art house, and he said, look, I'm just not big enough to be pirated. I sell to a very limited number of cinemas in Germany. I sold a 1,000 tickets to my last film in the cinema. It, I'm just not big enough to be pirated. So we popped his film title into YouTube, and the film in its entirety came up, and it had 65,000 views. <laughs> so him oh, saying he's not big enough to be pirated, it's a real shame, and it's a real shame that he just wasn't aware that oh. 65,000 people apparently wanted to watch his film. And it takes me one second to delete the film from YouTube. It's almost instantaneous. So... I'm not saying that if we deleted that film right as soon as it appeared on YouTube that he would have sold 66,000 tickets, but I'm right. sure his audience would have swelled. It's yes. Because it's not the sort of film you just stumble across on YouTube. It was a small art house German film. For, for, for there to be 65,000 views was a, was a real shock to him. And but what it's done is it's made him aware that there is this big audience out there. He's just thought that his films weren't popular enough. They are popular enough. People just weren't consuming them where he wanted them to be to be viewed. And that happens across everything. The, the, it happened with um, the Jake Gyllenhaal film End of Watch. That appeared on YouTube before its release and had 5 million views before it had even come out in the cinema. And, and so... From tiny art house films to major films, there is very quickly an audience that grows up online that, that hopefully you can get a bit of control back over. Well, now let's talk about the 65,000 uh, audience mm. uh, that this gentleman lost. There, was there any way that he could find the email addresses or any of those names of the people who had seen his film? Not not. I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of YouTube. I know that they're, they're much like Netflix in the data that they release, uh, in that it's very limited. May, I don't think so. Um, but if he got that straight away, and, the, and you know, an hour or two after it appeared on YouTube, it was found and removed. Yes. And those people went to try and watch it on YouTube, and they couldn't. They could have gone to his websites. They could have... They obviously had an interest in this film. That's where right. I think the opportunity is. There is, there was a, a group of people, a, a large audience of people that wanted to watch this film, and they went to YouTube and they put the film title in, and hey presto, there it was. And you press play, and it plays. It's quick and it's convenient. It's a trusted source. It's free. What would they have done if it wasn't there? And what would they have done if it wasn't then on any torrent sites or any cyber lockers? You're not getting the data straight away, but your his cinema sales may have may have gone up, his ticket sales may have gone up, and and next time round, yeah, they they may go straight to his website because they know it won't be available on YouTube. Right. 
Well, I think that the whole landscape is changing in that people want to see what they want to see the film when they want to see it and how they want to see it. Most of the time yeah. it's in their own home, in their own comfort. They don't want to go to the theaters as much yeah. anymore unless it's 3D or a big release. They want to stay at home and watch it. So it's the movement of from people going to the movies, enjoying that movie experience to know, thank you, I don't want to leave my home. So we have to recognize that, and that's the benefit of the stolen downloads, is seeing it when you want, how you want. So no matter Mm -hmm. whose film you're talking about or documentary or whatever, if the word is out that it is good, it'll get to people, they they will search online for a download rather than think of going to the theater. So I can see the future for Muzo looks really good. Well, I think it's less about the future for us. I mean, many of the people here have been pirated. We, we we understand it from the content holder's point of view, how upsetting it is to be pirated. I think you've touched on a really great point, talking generationally about how this is changing. People do want to consume content immediately. There is uh, an impatience. They want to watch it straight away on their iPad without leaving the comfort of their own home. Um, but... Netflix will allow you to do that. Amazon Prime will allow you to do that. I have a partner that will set you up your own VOD platform, and you can do it on your own website. It's, it's, it's catering to the audience. Make piracy less convenient and make piracy a negative user experience. Make the legal offering a good one. Make it easier to get the film legally. Possibly bring the price down a little so it's more accessible to people. But it's, it's, it horrifies me when I think, you know what, I can watch this film illegally and I physically can't get hold of it legally because of where I am geographically or because it's not had a VOD release or, or whatever other reason. It's, I, think, I think that's really silly. I would pay for it and I would buy it, but I can't. But I can get it on an illegal stream and it'll take me three clicks of my mouse. That's a real shame. Wow. Chris, yes, I, have a, is. Uh, I have a question as well. Um, some filmmakers also have books that go with their films. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it could be just the book version, and sometimes those books are e-books. Does, does your system also accommodate finding if their e-books have been illegally downloaded as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's important that when you put the film title in, you have to put it in as a separate item and and list it as a book because there are often now film and book Hollywood will just make a a version of a film if we looked at Gone Girl for example because it's the first one that springs to mind if you put Gone Girl into our system and you you name it as a film the, the solution will run around the internet collecting everything it can but it will filter out copies that come in tiny file sizes or that are PDF or Word documents or EPUB documents because it recognizes that it's impossible that they're a film. So if you're looking for both, you need to put it in as a film and a book to make sure that our system doesn't filter out the book or the film copies for either one. Great, great information. All right, well, tell us how people can find you, please. So the website, like I said, is www.muso.com. Um, it is a website that is, is currently under construction. 
we've been going for uh, seven years now, but we're just going this year through a big rebrand. Um, so the old website is still available, but at the moment you'll just see a holding page, hopefully only for another week or two. Um, you can email me, uh, chris.anderson at muso.com. Um, we're on Twitter, at muso.com. We're on Facebook. We have all the usual social networks as well. Um, but if you Google Muso, then, then we should come up first. Okay, chris.anderson at muso.com, M-U-S-O.com. Perfect. Okay, good. Thank you, Chris. What a wonderful wealth of information you've given us. You really opened our eyes about the piracy world. It's shocking. I think that's a, I think that's an, a good point to leave it on is, is open your eyes to what's happening. When, when you look at this guy in Germany who didn't think he was being pirated, and we just popped it, and all we did was pop, it, pop the film title into YouTube. It was so easy to find out. You may think you're not being pirated, or you may think you have it under control. It don't, it's not going to cost you anything to put your film title into our system or email me a list of film titles, and I will find that data out for you. And if it comes back saying, yep, you're right, there are no copies online, great. If it comes back saying there are a 1,000 copies online and there's an audience there of half a million people, then it's something that's going to need working on, obviously. But at least get that knowledge first. Yes. Okay. Oh, thank you so much. I'm sure you'll have a lot of interest. Uh, We really appreciate this information, Claire. Thank you. Great show. I appreciate your hosting for us. Yes. You're very welcome. And, Chris, thank you as well. It's all right. No, thank you. I really appreciate being uh, invited. You're welcome. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Be well, everyone. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to The Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone.